The OTL podcast is brought to you in association with STEM Recruitment Solutions. If you need help in recruiting for science, technology, engineering and maths, visit stemrecsolutions.co.uk to find out more. Hi, it's Colin from the OTL podcast here. Uh, before I get on with this month's podcast, I would like to ambitiously pitch a first ever in-person event for the OTL podcast. Don't worry, those of you who listen to other podcasts will be used to them filling out theatres with live shows. I know that no one would pay for that. However, I do have an idea. You may remember last season that the Fitbit Nomad came to visit Airdrie. He wrote a lovely blog about his experience. Uh, he's come on the podcast since. Uh, we appear in his book, but also he sent through this lovely plaque uh, to be given to the club because he decided that we were Club of the Year. And he actually said that rather than Club of the Year, it was really that it was his best adventure of the year. Uh, I find that quite interesting. I think as a fan uh, of well, my generation and, and older, we bemoan the loss of Old Broomfield uh, and think that it's too sanitised, it's not uh, as good as it used to be. Uh, so it's really interesting that an outsider came in and had his best day of the year uh, and he has a serial ground hopper in our town. Quite often I'll go to a, an away game and make an event off it and try and take in uh, their town. So this is a chance to do that at home. There were three things that stood out to the football nomad in terms of why he gave Adrian this award. One was the engagement that he got before his visit, all his social media. 5% of his Facebook followers are now based in Airdrie. So we have a really warm community. Uh, and I think it would be good to put on an event for that community of people. I'd like to meet uh, faces and put faces to names that I've maybe only seen uh, in a message board. Two, the quality of the establishment. So this would be starting at the West End Bar, uh, moving on to Q here, then going to the Albert, having time in each bar, maybe a drink, uh, uh, and then going on to the game. Uh, and three, the quality of the game. So it was Airdrie 4, Montrose 1. It was a cracker. If the team can serve up something like that, uh, that would really help uh, make a, a great day out. It'll be on the 20th of January. Uh, so it's the Alwa home game. Uh, I will be doing it with this black on my own if nobody joins me, but it would be great if some of you could. I'll create a Facebook event. If you are interested, please join it just so that I can warn the pub as to the, the people who may be turning up if there is a number of us uh, and make sure that they're able to cope. Uh, so I would love to meet as many of you as possible there uh, and please let me know. Otherwise, it's on with this month's podcast. Welcome to the OTL podcast. This is a belated Christmas special, end of year special. Uh, it should have been recorded before now, but I was feeling grim for a few days. So here to join me in some late festive cheer, if we can call it that, I have wearing an outrageously good Christmas present from David Quigley, who called off late tonight because uh, he can't make it but was still on the group chat about five minutes ago i don't think the boy understands the uh the level of paranoia i have i'm taking that personally david if you're if you're listening but emma quickly welcome to the podcast and i don't know if you want to the, the, there's a quote from uh a, a famous employment tribunal i don't know if you want to share that with us 
Yeah, it was just um, a, a, a bit of a laugh, my brother. I don't think it was, I don't know if it was as much a homage to Ian Murray's famous tweet that your, your fanny quote as much as a, <laughs> um, a subtle dig at how much time I spend on Twitter. Um, I'm not really sure, we'll, we'll maybe need to ask him. Uh, and also joining us, Sean Smith, who is just about ready to go back to his day job, but the, the time when everybody was jealous of teachers. Sean, have you a good festive break? Um, I did up until Cammy Valentine got subbed off on Monday, and ever since then I've, I've been in a bad mood pretty much ever since. But before then, yeah, I had a very good festive break, thank you. Good stuff. Well, we'll go. Yeah, I was going to say, there's some, so there's some things that I want to touch on. It is kind of the end of the year, albeit we're into 2023. So looking back on a calendar year, which we don't always do in, in football, looking back at recent form and then looking at the start of 23 if we can if we can face it uh, I don't think any of us has quite recovered from Monday's uh, events but yeah let, let's take a step back uh, a few year ago it was, it was not that long that ago that we're returning to some sort of normality with COVID and crowds back at games uh, we had something like 22 haven't checked should have done uh, game unbeaten run to get us to the playoffs but it wasn't good enough to get us out of uh, this League One purgatory that we're, that we're in. We had then in the summer, manager leaves, Agnew leaves, uh, quickly followed by Dylan Easton, starting to panic a bit. Uh, loan deals come to an end for Miguel McDonald, Patterson and Afalabi. Jordan Allen leaves, just as it's looking like the whole thing may be broken into a thousand pieces. Airdrie make a shock appointment and put McCabe in charge. Ballantyne joins. For, Adam Frizzle staying and suddenly things were starting to look a bit better. We then got off to a brilliant start-ish uh, in terms of we, we beat St Mirren and we got off to a great start in the league and the unbeaten uh, regular season run continues. But then obviously we've had like a month of awful form before a decent run until the end of the year. So that I mean, that's me doing real edited highlights. But uh, Emma, what what did you make of the, the calendar year 22? What what strong memories will you have of, have of that as an Airdrie fan? I was kind of looking back, actually, when you said we're maybe going to look at the, the calendar year, which you said we, not, we don't normally do. And I was kind of doing the, the, the boring thing of looking at the, the points total. And I think we were slightly better off at this point last year but I mean the kind of obviously there's there's always going to be the, the standout moments you know the, the big comebacks that we had you know that the, the really downbeaten run was incredible the feel-good factor around the club you know the the, the Dumbarton game that will will live long in the memory the Montrose game that will live even longer in the memory and then the absolute you know so the kind of crushing disappointment of the the playoffs in which is still a little bit of a, a festering wound I kind of not going to lie and I was kind of thinking, if I was to look back a year and, you know, from January and go, and go kind of, where are we? I cannot, I genuinely don't feel like we're, we're any really further forward than, than where we were a year ago. You know, we're, we're similar in points. We're probably as, as inconsistent as we were um, before we went on the run. Um, I think we're, well, I can't remember if we were in the playoff spots at this time last year or, or if we're out them, but we're kind of obviously at them now with that kind of New Year horror show, for, for want of a better word. On Monday, so I guess I don't really know where we are at the moment. I think um, I think playoffs is probably going to be the aim again, but in terms of the kind of the football side of things, I just I just kind of feel like we're we're treading water. I don't feel we've made the kind of big step forward. Um, maybe that's just down to the teams that have sort of come down and the teams that are in the the league this season. We'll pick into why uh, in that a minute, yeah, because I think that's a good point. But just before we do, Sean, any key memories of 2022 for, for, for you? 
Uh, yeah, I think you've both summed up well so far, but I think 2020, 2022 and uh, 2021, 2022 overall, it was the most enjoyable season and, and calendar year supporting Airdrie for a long, long time. Um, yeah, certainly the Dumbarton game, the, the two Dumbarton games actually uh, last season were, were both brilliant. Uh, the Montrose game as well, just absolutely outstanding. Just one of those, yeah, just one of those games that you're going to remember forever. Um, and that run as well, it was great. Just going to a game, like knowing that you were going to, knowing that you were going to win. Um, you know, you haven't really experienced that, with, haven't experienced that before. So that, that was a great feeling too. Um, but yeah, ultimately it did end in disappointment with the playoffs last season, and um, I'm still not really over it yet because I think it gets worse and worse the more. Queen's Park do well, like they're now top of the championship, and that, you know, th that could have been us. That maybe should have been us. So that 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 um, that loss uh, continues to sting. Um, but yeah, certainly it was was a very memorable season, a very enjoyable calendar year overall. And so, um, and this season so far, um, again, there's been lots of positives uh, so far. Some of the football we play is terrific and. Uh, when we're good, um, we're, we're, when we're good, we're brilliant, and you know we, we've already humped a few teams, and you, and you feel that we could hump any team on our day as well. But there's also um, certainly some negatives as well, which I'm sure we'll, which, which we've kind of already dived into a little bit. But I'm yeah. sure we'll maybe dive into that a little bit more. But yeah, overall, it was a yeah, it was a very enjoyable year. Certainly, the most enjoyable year I've had supporting Airdrie in a, in a in a long time. I'll just add a shout out to just watching Dylan Easton. Uh, it's annoying that we only had him for one season. I got sla uh, slaughtered for seeing Albus, but I'm placing him in. And in terms of entertainment, I know the level's not the same as it once was, but there's just some players that, for, for me, Alan Lawrence was always incredible to watch. Uh, Antonio Calderon, probably Fernandez as well, in fairness, in that team. Uh, and I, I enjoyed watching Easton. Pretty much his uh, just his ability to change games and some of the touches of skill that we had from him, uh, I, I, I loved watching him, uh, and he's a big miss. Actually, I was listening to the Terrace podcast the other day, and Sean McGuigan was saying he does some of the best things that I'll be that Wraith Rovers do, and some of the worst things as well. And he's been on the bench a bit, so you never know. Maybe maybe we'll get him back at at, at some point. But uh, it, just a, a mercurial talent and, and great for us to uh, to have for part of last year and the year before. Now, Emma, you made a very good point in terms of are we any further forward uh, and questioning that uh, I mean why why not or dig into that what's we are now a year on I would agree I would say we're, we're probably less far forward losing Easton as part of it um, but we did keep quite an impressive amount of the, the squad we did get off to a start uh, that was good this year we do have a lot of the same defensive personnel that we had that got us through that run um, and there is a bit of recency bias in this but we are all stung by by Monday's events so Sean I'll go to you first but can you put your finger on if we take Emma's point off or not any further forward which has maybe been slightly kind uh, why? Um, well, I think definitely um, in terms of where the club was before before Ian Murray came in, and I guess to a larger extent before the consortium uh, came in and took over the club, we're definitely further forward from uh, from certainly pre uh, from pre that time. Um, so I think that has to be I think that has to be acknowledged. Um, in terms of where we are at the moment, um, it's kind of hard to answer because obviously you know we could still finish in the playoffs and we could still get promoted and then therefore you would have to say that we would be further forward. So it's hard to hard to answer that until the end of the season. But there's definitely concerns there because, um, you know, I, I've said it on social media and Pai and Bovra, I think, but 
for me, that team's not going to get promoted unless there's some unless there's some changes to it. To be honest, um, uh, we said on the last podcast, you know, there needs to be a a proper uh, a proper defensive midfield or a midfield shit house. Basically, that that's what they need. Um, they need at least one proper centre half is uh, and, and need at least one other proper centre half as well, if not two, because there's only one. And Calm Fordyce, and he's having a he's having a stinker of a season. Um, so they need at least at least one centre half as well. I think that's really where the problems are because as much as the football that we're playing um, can be great, the the defence just isn't good enough. Like it's it's shockingly bad, and it's actually embarrassing as well. The the, the number of goals and the types of goals we and the types of goals we concede every week. I said it last time on the podcast as well. I don't think we've conceded a good, well worked or unavoidable goal this season. Every single goal we can see that's it's so it's so easy. They've either got so much, you know, time or space or they get or they get into the box far too easily or they, they score a free header from a from a set piece time and time again, things like that. It's just and it happens every week. So it's just, it's very frustrating because I mean, you look at the difference between our goals and, and Edinburgh's goals on, on Monday, like our three goals were all they, you know they were all well worked, good good pieces of football. Then their goals were you know two set pieces, two penalties, and a and a breakaway goal. And that's how easy it is to to score against us. And it, yeah, it's, it's it's very frustrating because clearly whatever clearly whatever they're doing in training, in terms of working on the defence and working on defending set pieces, it's clearly not working because this is January now, so there's not really any excuses for this to for this to still be happening every single week. But but it is and. Yeah, it's 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 very frustrating. But yeah, the the defense hasn't been good enough. the The goalkeeper's not the goalkeeper's not good enough either. And ultimately, if if that if that's the way it's stayed, well, obviously Josh Ray will, will is coming back soon. That'll hopefully help. But yeah, if they don't make those signings in the midfield or in the defense, that team's not going to get promoted, and it probably won't make the playoffs. And then we definitely won't be any further forward. And I think that's my biggest fear, because. If this team finishes fifth or, or sixth or something like that, then you're going to lose guys like Callum Smith, Frizzle, Ray Ballantyne, maybe even Gallagher as well. And then that's just a complete waste of all the talent that's in that team that should be finishing in the top four. And then, then yeah, then you're definitely not any further forward than you. You've actually really regressed quite badly to, to as I say, that time period before uh, Murray and the new owners came in. And you've done that in the space of a you've done that in the space of a season, which is quite a rapid regression. So that's definitely a big a big concern for me. It's fixable, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, when we think about Murray Ball, uh, they weren't mate, we didn't dish out too many gubbins to to teams. It did tend to be like we'd we'd get ahead and we'd be able to see it out, and we'd have everybody back in the the box at corners, as we've discussed on here many times, but. I mean, what, what what do you see as being different? Is it tactically? Is it personnel? Is it bad luck with injuries? It's, it's so hard to pinpoint. I mean, we have. I mean, obviously, we we know. We know we didn't anticipate Ray getting the injury that he did. You know, that was always it was always the plan that that he was was number one. I and mean, we did bring in a really good replacement in money. And obviously, I, and I don't doubt for one second the club probably did try to to keep him on, and it hasn't worked out. And then we know that we lost. Cami as well, and I think that and and Frizzle, we lost Cam. Sorry, Cami through the a lot of the red cards and Frizzle through injury. Um, and I was just thinking, obviously we lost Cami through the injury on keep wanting to say Saturday, and this is Wednesday, and it was Monday. Um, and and obviously I can and I do feel that had a, an impact on the game. But you know, I listened 
back. I thought before I came on tonight, I'll, I'd listen back to the, the last podcast we did and just try and refresh where we were. Um, and I think that was just ahead of the, the Dundee Cup tie. And Alan and Sean were talking quite rightly about the same things we're talking about tonight. Um, to me, it's just we play some excellent football and we've got some really talented players that, you know, and I know we're talking about how entertaining Easton is, but and Easton was, but, you know, Frizzle stepped up and, you know, he's been, well, then period he was out injured, he's been fantastic. Callum Smith is, you know, I think still one of the hardest working guys in the park, you know, and, you know, the two lovely goals on, on Monday. Gals added a lot more to his game this season and, and I just feel that that has been let down by this kind of midfield and defence. It's just, Sean says, we said a couple of months back, just said, just before the Dundee game, we needed somebody in that midfield, some call shit house destroyer. We've, we've called them all different things, I think, on the on the chat, this, this imaginary midfielder, but somebody to just to help, you know, weather those attacks, protect the defence. And I do think we need another centre half. Um, just, just a, even just a bit of competition for for players, um, you know, in, in that, that position. Um, I mean, I think we've speculated quite a few times on why Dicey might be having a bad season as it the stepping up to the additional responsibilities. But that is kind of speculate, right? Maybe just having a bad season. You don't know if anyone's carrying knocks or whatever. Um, I'm not confident in Linus and goals, and I don't know if they are, and I don't know if that then, you know, kind of rubs off on the way we, the way that we're playing. Um, but the same problems that we had, as Colin, uh, uh, Sean said, they're fixable. Um, you know, we've been saying it for, for months. And, I mean, Dunfermline have already, I can't remember how far Cove were ahead of us at this time last year, but when I looked at the, the stats coming into Christmas, I think we actually had the same record in the league over five games as Dunfermline did. I think it was three wins and two, two draws or something, but the 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 it was the same. You know, we were we were kind of level, but we don't have that consistency. We're just as liable to go and put, you know, three Bayman draws or that that great, you know, yeah, four two. But you know, we conceded a couple, but that great performance, you know, twice at Montr- playing Montrose. But then we're quite liable to go and just absolutely shoot ourselves in the foot through just. Somebody, I think it was you're trying clown car defending at times. You know the the two penalties, the the two goals from set pieces. You know the fifth goal doesn't really bother me. You know Adam slips, and you've committed men up the park. You know because you're trying to get something out of that game. You know so that by the by, but just watching the highlights back was just unbelievable. You know to put yourself in a position like that. So I think game management's maybe a, something we need to look at as well. I mean. We're wrong, Murray could be frustrating. Um and we didn't often go out and hammer teams, but generally we were well organised and difficult to beat. You know, it wasn't easy to come to Airdrie and, and get a win, you know. Um so in amongst all those ramblings, yeah, I don't I wish I knew. I wish I knew, but um centre half defensive midfielder for me needs to be looked at in January. I've not been particularly, you know, excited or Enthused by the three that we've brought in at Christmas, been fair play. I haven't you know, not really seen much of them. Obviously, one of them is Bright, which I'm delighted for you, Sean, that he's that he's signed. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. <laughs> um, me too. Me too. 
<laughs> it's obviously an academy player, you know, coming in. But um, are more kind of teenagers going to be the answer to this? To me, I think we need to be a bit more streetwise and we need a bit more experience. We need some people, some heads on the park that can help see the game out. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, you look at that Edinburgh team, and I think streetwise is probably the perfect description for them. Like they were, you know, they were two 0 down away from home. It didn't bother them at all. They, 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 you know, they were confident enough and streetwise enough to know that they could get back into the game, and then, and then they absolutely did. They're a, yeah, they're a streetwise. Well, they did it before. They did it against yeah. Alaba, so that was the warning. That yeah, exactly. Of it. Yeah, and that's and that's the difference between them and us. And as you know, as much as we play good football, you know, at times, I mean, you know, what would you rather? Would you rather? You know, would you rather have that streetwise team that can grind out wins, or would you rather have a team that plays nice football but but falls apart like that? It's the same with Dunfermline as well. I I saw the Dunfermline Kelty game a few weeks ago, and um, Dunfermline they, they weren't great to be honest. They didn't they didn't impress me. I mean, they you know they passed the ball around well enough, but no sort of cutting edge whatsoever. But they ground out the win two one, um, and that that's all the matters, and that's what they seem to do every week, which is ultimately. That's ultimately all that matters at the end of the day. I, I totally agree on the game management point as well. Like on Monday there, um, you know, it's the first time we had a full bench in months, and so which I, which I was pleased about before the game. But then you only made one unforced sub, which I thought which I thought was I thought was strange. I mean, you've got um, and I thought Jameson should have been on or should have been on earlier than than what he was. Uh, but you've got Stanway there, who I, I I don't know anything about him, but he's meant to be a he's meant to be a a talented enough prospect so I mean you know you're there you're chasing a goal you might as well go for it why why not bring him on I would have had Devaney on as well at some point just to try and you know shore up the gaps in the midfield that were that were appearing um I had to taken off Riley as well but um before he got sent off um which which obviously was unfortunate um and yeah and you know like I said with Stanway like you know why not bring on Bright you're a goal down you know, go for it. See, go for it. See what happens. If you're not going to bring these guys on when when the game's there for the taking, what's the point in them being there? And they finished the game with Watson and for, and Watson and for Dice up front. So at that point, you might as well bring on Bright anyway because at least he's an actual forward. So yeah. So you know. So I thought that I thought that was very strange as well. And I, 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 we've talked about it before on previous podcasts, and I think probably everybody's talked about it in one form or one form or another. But you know, you would think having you know, having somebody there in the dugout that's got autonomy to make decisions would surely have made more subs on on Monday, and that that might you know that might have made a difference. Yeah, noticeably David Hutton at one point pushed Jerry back onto the pitch, which <laughs> he'd kind of been knocked off, and it was like get back on. It wasn't during the second half, and I thought oh, you you're not that impressed by. Uh, I mean, you could have been impressed by his performance, but I just thought that was quite telling. Uh, I think he had he been empowered to do so, he might have hooked him. I mean, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I been to very few games this year, but I was at or not this year, this season. Uh, but I was there on Monday. I, I get the impression that it's just kind of us in a microcosm. Like at two 0 I was sitting thinking, this is as good as last year. This is absolutely sublime champagne football. Edinburgh just couldn't cope. Sitting in two banks of four, still couldn't control uh, the game at all. Cami Ballantyne was just. He was on fire. He was having a great game, uh, and as soon as it was, you know, it's like a guy goes down injured, uh, and you're trying to work out right who is it. So I'm looking all around the pitch, uh, and then when I realised that it, it was him, it's a oh, nightmare because that's the one position where there's just no covering. Um, 
uh, and yeah, so you go from the sublime, brilliant football to that's what we are capable of, just silly individual errors, confidence goes. Uh, I can understand. I've been young in a job myself and having a nightmare uh, and you just can't do anything right. That's clearly where Rayleigh was. Uh, and even before the red card, he was on his heels, should have been running towards that ball much quicker. Kenny gets the shout from the main stand, then takes a heavy touch and then just hits the boy. I've got some sympathy for him, but we're not here to to breed inexperienced players. He needs to turn around quickly and go on a Scott Stewart-style path of that I didn't see coming off player progression. Watson as well, stupid for the first penalty. I thought a lot of players, our first goal, were just slipping and looked like they were really uncomfortable on their feet. When it then comes to the second goal, again with him, I think he was just so nervous that he'd given it away once and led to the penalty that he put out for a corner when he had a lot more time than, than that a ball to the keeper a ball out for a shy anything other than subjecting that defence to a corner which then yeah, comes I, I in did, but they were excellent corners after right. so the, fir- the first was... one comes in Linus flaps at it yeah. I think I think McCabe just absolutely lashes at it it looks like a bit of anger and it doesn't go where he's kind of aiming and it goes out for another corner and they score from that so it was just these like Schoolboy errors, uh, yeah. real, real basic stuff. Uh, was McCabe's um, for the equaliser as well? The free kick. It was McCabe's backwards header that, that laid on a plate for the, the Edinburgh player as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, he managed yeah, to yeah drop his man completely completely in the box. Similar yeah. with uh, I don't know if it was the the third goal as well. He lost his managed to drop his man completely in the box. I think Brian said it on commentary. I had to watch it about four times to yeah. to really understand what it, what had happened there. Yeah, and um, Uzi's scored a free header against us before, at least one hit free header from a corner against us before. So I'd like to have thought he would have been marked, but obviously not. Yeah, so I mean, we've, we don't need to talk about in a parallel game, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and it is uh, it's frustrating because it was so good. And I was actually thinking, I think I've lost a bit of my passion for it, but I was so angry for so long after Monday's game that I definitely haven't. So at least I'm that's still angry. That's, that's a positive. Too. Yeah. Still uh, really right. angry. Uh, okay. New Year's resolutions. What should Airdrie or individuals there be aiming at for, for 2023? Did you come up with anything, Sean, to start with you this time? Um, well, uh, the aforementioned uh, sign a midfield destroyer, sign a centre half. I think that has to be McCabe's uh, New Year's resolutions. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what I put in the words to for dice, but basically, you know, try and find the old uh, Callum for dice, uh, basically, because he's been the you know, he's been the best centre half in the league the last few seasons. But this season, just been a uh, just been a complete disaster. Just just abysmal every week. To to be honest, it's it's a <laughs> it's a nightmare, but it's a shambles. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him. I, I mean, like you say, it could be um, the extra responsibility of being assistant manager as well as the captain and starting centre half. So yeah, potentially that's it. Um, I, I, and obviously him being assistant manager, it's not making a difference to the defence in terms of general defending and defending set pieces. So I don't know if that's something that should be looked at either. Um, but yeah, I suppose that, that that's really my main things. I mean, those are my main uh, those are my main Airdrie related concerns. Anyway, um, signing a midfielder and signing a centre half and four dice getting his act together. Emma, any resolutions? Consistency, I think, for me. Um, so you need to sort out the defence. We need to get some kind of. We need to get Ray back. Would be my first one. Let's get let's get Ray back. Let's 
get a centre half in. Um, let's try and beat Edinburgh the like, next time we play them because I really am worried if one they do it one more time, then they get to keep us. Um, who was it said on the thing that we've shipped? 14? It was Sean. Sean was it Sean said the 30 odd goals we've shipped, about half of them have been to Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, I think it blows my mind anyway. I know I keep yeah, going back, go back yeah, to Monday. I think, I think it's 31 goals in the league and 14 of them have, have, been, have been against Edinburgh, which is uh, just embarrassing, really, isn't it? Um, I mean, I I know it's only, and I know we went on that stonking run last season, but I can't see us getting anywhere near winning the league. So to me, it needs to be sorting yourself out so you're consistent enough to to at least not be in danger of not being in the playoffs. Alo of course is I'm pretty sure Alo of course has problems this season as well. We're in we're kind of in the mix with them. I don't think we're in we're obviously not in any danger at the other end. But yeah, I think um for me it's just a couple of experienced signings. Try and just get that midfield defence shored up, sorted out, better organised, cut out the errors and uh Find some, find a bit more consistency. Yeah, Dean Linus should learn how to catch a ball as well. Yeah, it I think, I think does give it. me the absolute fear at times. Yeah, especially when he starts to go for something and then just stops, <laughs> and then nobody around him and seems to know what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Totally see, the rumours are that we should see Ray back very soon. So yeah, yeah, I, but those have been the rumours for. <laughs> he was on the bench on on Monday at least, so hopefully that means he'll be back. If not on Saturday, then then next week. But we'll see. But I do. I think it's a bit of pragmatism. Of I, I like Rhys McCabe. I know everybody's stung by Monday and his. He did have a role in that. I think at points he was trying to babysit G Riley on the pitch, whereas if he was on the sidelines, he might have been seen that one quite quite differently. But. Like you say, Sean, these midfield things are fixable. We are a full-time team. I don't think Edinburgh are. So, like, what? How much of the training is drilling defensive set pieces? Uh, how much is? And I know he's a modern coach, but they always talk about uh, Roy Hodgson tying his back four together with rope and getting them in shape, and uh, and he has successes. So maybe a bit more of a old school approach of uh, just working on that defensive shape and being because. We know that we can score goals, so it is almost having slagged it off for three years, maybe a bit more of an Ian Murray-esque approach of being solid, hard to beat first. You still got for Dyson McCabe, who were the who were really the central defensive partnership for most of that run. So, uh, as you see, his form's not as good, but if he can reawaken that and maybe go back to some of the stuff that was was working before, knowing that I, I think in terms of positives for twenty twenty two, I've always thought. Gallagher was a good striker at this level, but had to miss a whole load of chances. I've been really impressed by, he now seems to be offside uh, a lot less, and his movement is just superb at times. Even for the goal that he robbed on Monday, I was sure he was offside uh, and had to pause the highlights to see that he'd perfectly timed his run there. And if that ball's a bit further out and isn't going in, he's scoring it before the uh, defender is. So uh, trust the forwards. I paused my celebration to check the linesman on Monday. Just yeah, quite sure. far. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think a bit more pragmatic approach. Trying to let's let's we don't need to change everything because a lot of stuff that's that's there is so good, but we do need to be more solid because, as you say, Sean, it's just happening far too much. Um, so yeah, that would be my New Year's resolution of maybe a bit more of a safety first approach. Right, we've 
one other thing that's happened uh, in 2022, which is good news and we haven't touched on, is just the outcome of the, 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 the tribunal. Uh, and as well as getting the verdict, there have been very, very little press, uh, kind of just snippets in the tabloids, which were kind of unfavourable to the club. Uh, you then got an absolutely massive document to, to read, uh, and it was... I mean, it was quite enlightening uh, to see everything that had gone on. Uh, I don't want to get into that because uh, there's just loads of facts there that, uh, well, we've not got time and I don't think it's going, to, it's going to move anything on. But just in terms of the outcome of the tribunal uh, and knowing that the, the club's been successful in defending it, Emma, if we throw you first, did you have any takeaways from that? Yes, I think just, just for me, I'm relieved by it. Um, I didn't comment much at all on any of this um at, at the time obviously at the time when I heard the incident you know my heart just absolutely sank you know when I when I saw it and without going into detail because the debate you know, the, and the talking just got so so toxic you know I don't think anybody is in any doubt that there are issues in football you know I think we've seen recent incidents you know where you know they, they've investigated it, and you know, an incident was claimed not to have happened, and investigated it, and it was found found that it had. So I don't really want to go into to all of that, but um, and I always felt like the fairest thing to do for all parties was to let the court case run its course and to see what to see what the outcome was. But really, just just relieved because it would have been a really difficult thing for me as a supporter to try and you know square with myself had had the club been found guilty. Um, that's not to say they handled everything perfectly, and I'm, I'm sure I don't know if they would claim to have done that themselves. But um, just hope we can move on from it now. Yeah, and I don't think you can expect perfection in a club that's been run by about five individuals. I, I thought reading through the report, they came out of it pretty well, certainly much better than Rico Katongo's agent, who I thought was a real villain in the in the piece. But again. I mean, there's lots of facts in there that there's no no point in getting into, but I, I share that. I think that the I was relieved uh, and happy that the club came out of it well, um, because there was a lot of fear of what all the headlines would have been had it gone the other way. Uh, Sean, what what about you? Did you read that weighty tome as well? I did, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would have to echo what everyone uh, what everyone else has said um, on on this podcast. Um, definitely relieved that obviously the. That, that the club seemed to, you know, do their best through the process. And well, as we said, well, it wasn't, well, they also didn't deal with everything perfect. They did, you know, do their best to do things the right way. And that the the document appears to reflect that. Um, so, so yeah, very relieved about that. Uh, relieved that, um, you know, it's not going to be too costly financially as well. And also, you know, it's not going to cost us in terms of personnel either, because if the club were found, you know, to have done any wrongdoing, then, you know, potentially Heffrington has to resign and whatnot. And then what happens then? You know, that's basically the leader of the club in the stadium uh, gone. So that would uh, that could have been disastrous as well. So um so yeah, from from really all from really all points of view, uh definitely relieved and I'm also just relieved actually that it's over now as well and that hopefully it won't um you know well in terms of this particular case anyway, hopefully hopefully there'll be no other effects or they won't come up again and and what I but I definitely agree about uh, Rico's agent seems a, a an odd an odd character <laughs> to to say the least. Um, but yeah, uh, glad 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 it's all over now. Right. So then into twenty twenty three, we've touched on on this already. But there've been three 
additions to the playing squad, which is G. Riley, who's been there since August, but for whatever reasons with his age, international clearance, whatever it was, could only be signed in January. Uh, Bright Prince, who again, I think is down to age, but has played the NL Cup, uh, Sean, his dad, uh, his dad is a PR genius. Uh, which you, you're you're all over. Um, I was I was shocked at how remarkably grounded he came across in the interview that he did with Diamonds TV. Uh, just like yeah, we, need, we need to get a really nice dad lad. Exactly. That's what that's what the fans want. That's, uh, uh, that's one for fan TV. <laughs> that is very that's true. a challenge. On you go, guys. <laughs> You need to yeah, you need to track him down. Uh and then Ben Stanway, who Sean you've touched on, is apparently rated very young. Um we've had young loanies from Thistle before, one of whom was Liam Lindsay. So yeah, who knows what he's what he's going to be like, but we'll we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh all very young in a young squad. Uh, Emma, you sent a list of uh the number of players in Jackie McNamara's stable, which isn't actually that many, you maybe talk about twelve or something, and six of them are are with Airdrie. So, uh, and that's well, we knew like McCabe, Fordyce, Frizzle, um, but then also that's where G. Riley, Alex Henderson, who else? Devaney, maybe. Devaney, and, and Stanway as well. Um, yeah. and Stanway as well, right? So there seems to be a a real uh, link up there, which I guess makes sense given his relationship with the with the manager. We've already touched on uh, what we think we need, and I think we're all agreed as our other other panelists. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess for the end of January, um, do we need to hope that Jackie McNamara has got some old school centre halves up his sleeve, or maybe uh, keep some in the garage? Who knows? Yeah, or, or, or is it <laughs> is it? I've again, I've said that on here a million times, but the way that Ian McCall managed to find players like a level above who needed to prove themselves after setbacks with injury or uh, just being out of favourite clubs, whether that was Owen Coyle or whether that was Neil McFarlane, just having that kind of nose to to get those kind of kind of guys in. What we've, we've identified what we think the problem is. How would you like to see uh, McCabe go about solving it? Yeah, given my. Um depth of uh, experiencing sourcing and signing players in the January transfer window I'm uh, not sure I'm the expert here but without a doubt it's going to be a harder time you know to find them these players are not just floating about so um, unless there is the opportunity I mean I don't know where we are now for low knees actually I don't know if there's the potential to bring any more in I know that we've all been speculating about whether LJ's is he going to stay or is he going to go nobody nobody really knows I'm not sure if that happens if there's then scope for somebody to, to come in um, I don't even know if there's there's budget for signings but um, we kind of touched on it earlier the defence that we had last season that was excellent is still there but I think actually the, the problem that you've got is without that midfielder you know, I, don't, I wouldn't take Reese out of that midfield um, and put him back there because then what's really the alternative? I don't think young Justin and Charlie Telford are going to do that job. Charlie's better, in my opinion, when he's playing higher up the park. Um, so I actually think that that's the real problem area is getting that that right body in there. Now, who it is, I don't know. I know Sean, was, was it Sean or something pointed out that, is it Morgan Neil, had you said, is, is rumoured and floating about to be signing for Allah, who was it? 
Cove. Yeah. Um, you know, if Alawa can bring in a player like that, could we? I don't know. I don't know what um, the circumstances, the, the kind of rumours around that are. But, um, yeah, I think you either need to sort out that centre half or sort at least one of those those two positions. To be For me, it needs to be experience. It needs to be somebody that knows what they can doing and can help manage things on the park and help those younger players around them. I just don't think sticking in any more teenagers is going to going to help us. But hey, maybe they'll come and they'll come and prove me wrong. Hope they do. John, you've got a touch of the scout about you. You were at Kelty Dunfermline. You you were at the Rugby League World Cup. I mean, anybody that you've seen <laughs> these events well, that could was, fill in those roles. Suppose there will be a few rugby league players you could just you know stick at centre half and just ask them to head the ball away, and they, they probably wouldn't do any worse than than any centre half we've had this season. <laughs> to be fair, but um, yeah, I, I'm not sure there's there's one sort of you know method that that you should employ in terms of your recruitment. I mean, you know, there are experienced, well, presumably there's experienced players out there because there are there's experienced players do sign for for clubs in our league in January. You know, we've done it previously with Lovering and Coyle. Uh, more recently, uh, Rafe did it with Stephen McLean, uh, Partick Thistle. The year they won the league, they signed uh, Stephen Bell. And uh, somebody else who's who's gone out of my head, but there was somebody else that they uh, that they signed. So so there are players out there who uh, who, who are available and, and who can who who can lend you that experience. And then likewise, there's also young players as well you can get who are quality, like you know Liam Lindsay, the aforementioned Liam Lindsay, uh, Willie McLaren as well. So and then even last season, guys like Brody Patterson. Um, so so you know there's, there's not necessarily one you know one method they should go down but i do think we are right the sort of profile of the, of the players that we're talking about um prop probably are uh, probably are going to be uh, probably are going to be your experienced players um so in that regard I'm, I'm not sure i mean i suppose you need to have a look and see in the championship um and maybe the premiership as well you know are there any players you know any center halves any any defensive midfielders who aren't playing who you can maybe get, whether it's on loan or it's a permanent signing. Are there any are there any ones available? I mean, like we said, you know, Morgan Neal, um, he he probably fits the bill perfectly. He's a, you know, he is a an old school type centre half who just, you know, who just heads the ball away. That's exactly what we need. Um, won the league with Cove last season. And yeah, well, the rumors are he's going to Alloa. Um, so that's yeah, so I mean, I, I don't know if we'd have been in for him or not, but it seems like a missed opportunity there. Um, even Agnew as well, which I, I never thought I would have I would have said um, last season, but you know, he's went back to East Fife as a player coach, and you kind of think that's maybe you know two roles he, that he could have filled with us and probably wouldn't make us any worse. Um, no, no, not that I'm advocating signing Agnew, but you know, he 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 probably you know fill a fill a role in the squad better than. And say a Dean McMaster or, or somebody like that. No, no harm to, no harm to him. Um, but yeah, hopefully, well, hopefully they are looking for. Hopefully they are looking for some experienced uh, players or just players of just players of quality in general that they're gonna um, that, that they can improve. They can improve the team quality and quantity wise. There was a player uh, taking part in the warm up on Saturday and sort of sitting around the dugout who I didn't recognise. Um, so I don't know if he's a new signing or not, um, but he, he looked quite young, which isn't to say he's not going to be any good. He could quite, quite, quite possibly will be, but um, so it's certainly not a player that that I recognised um, probably from 
Northern Ireland, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, it is a, it's a physical league and a lot of these teams are big physical teams and you need you do need players that can that can stand up to that. And I just think we are probably one of the kind of lighter sides in the league. Um, you know, I mean, as I say, the first 20 minutes of Monday was great when we got the ball down. And we, you know, you, you can... You can play around these big guys. Um, unfortunately, we only did it for twenty minutes. But I just, for me, it's just that it's it's the experience. I just, I, I'm not sure how much we can really afford to keep experimenting with kind of un untried and untested and you know kind of youngsters that. And it's it's not against bringing young players to a talks. I actually, you know, think yeah, young Ewan Devaney's came on. Leaps and bounds. He didn't have. I would say not everybody was maybe on board with him at the start of the season, but I've seen a massive improvement with him, and it does take. But it can take a bit of time. But I'm just not sure how much time we can afford to give now that we're going into the kind of latter half of the season. Yeah, a centre, a centre half like uh, like Liam Fontaine, Edinburgh, uh, Jordan Foster at Kelty, or um, uh, Kyle Benedictus at Dunfermline, it would make a huge difference uh, to this team. Well, like I said, Dunfermline and Edinburgh have both got centre halves like that, and look, look, you know, look, look how well they are doing. So it would make, it would make a big difference uh, to us. I was just frantically looking to see how many games Kerr McEnroe's actually played at Kelly, so we can get him and this boy Morgan Neal, <laughs> and then we'll, there you go, would be would be in a much better position. He's played five. He's, I suspect he, having done so well in the championship last year, it's the last thing he'd ever want to do to drop down two levels. But uh, the to, on your point, it's not a case of it's young or it's uh, or they're good. Is it's getting the right youngsters who are who are ready uh, and not we've not got time to bring players on and get into the playoffs. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what see what happens. And you loans are always can be really hit or miss, and we've seen that already. You know, with um, Ben who Ben Welly who just didn't you know didn't work out at all. You know, and then. You can obviously goes he goes back and you're you're kind of bringing in somebody else and, and hoping that you know that they work out. Um I just not hundred percent yet sure we've got the time to do it anymore, as I said. Okay, let's uh be realistically optimistic. Uh well not Andrew. Andrew's always very good at ending on a high and convinced me that we're still gonna win the league. Uh so uh, looking at your crystal ball. Some good recruitments done in January. What's what's your hopes for the rest of the season, Sean? We'll start with you. Uh, well, I think as, as I've as I've said, um, but despite the, the you know the sort of negative comments I've had, we, when we are good, we, we are a brilliant team, and I think you know I, I think we probably are a better team than Aloha and, and Montrose. So we really should be finishing in that top four. Um, so I'm still I, I'm still fairly confident that I'm still fairly confident that we will. And especially, especially if we do recruit well and, and fill the holes that I've talked about, if we do that, then yeah, I'm confident of of, be, of being in the top four. And if you're in the top four, then as we saw with Queens Park last season, you've always got a chance. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm still fairly optimistic. Although the, the the one thing you know, if if say we finish fourth, you know, second and third, it's going to be Falkirk against Edinburgh. So you're either going to be playing the team you always beat or the team you never beat. So that'll be a nervy, <laughs> that'll be a nervy watch along as well. Um, so I although I suppose, I, I suppose a, a playoff final defeat to Falkirk, I don't think I could cope with. 
So oh, I mean, yeah, let's just undo the Edinburgh who doing uh, in that game. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, sp- I suppose laws of average. You're going to be Edinburgh at some point, and you're going to win a playoff yeah, at some exactly, point. So exactly. Why not? What Queens Park did to show that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm still, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still optimistic overall. Although, if we don't sign a centre half and a midfielder, then I'll, I'll be less so. But, but yeah, yeah I, still optimistic. Let, let's go for it. I like that beating Edinburgh and uh, the fans giving it big bucks to handling at the end of the, the game would would uh, would be a sweet way to end things. What about you, Emma? Do you foresee anything different? A league title? No, I don't really <laughs> foresee that happening. If I'm being perfectly honest, although if you were to take Beale's um, league league you know league sums and say, well, we've only played them once, so technically, you know, we've still got to play. So that's nine points. So you know. <laughs> We're not really that far behind. Um, if you want some optimism, I can yeah take a leaf out of his book. But no, I, I don't see us with the inconsistency in the side and the errors that are happening. Um, getting anywhere near them. Um, I think Albon. I, I, I still can't. I can't be, even bear to think about a playoff. I I genuinely can't face going going through going through that again. But I think being realistic that is probably what it will be um where we'll finish in that i don't know because it's just so kind of tight at that um you know those, those kind of second third fourth although um obviously no we know how queen's queen's part went up last season but i do fundamentally still believe that teams finishing fourth in the league whether that's us or anybody else should not be getting promotion and i include ourselves in that um i don't like that set up. I understand it keeps the league exciting. I know why they do it, but I, I don't agree with it. Um, you know, one up, one down, second bottom plays second top is the way I would always do it. I don't like turning league campaigns into cup ties, you know, for want of a kind of better yeah. analogy. Um but having finished but second in the last is. two years, then we're the one that deserves to, to, to go up even if we finish fourth. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, that's just my um, my normal grumble about playoffs, but yeah, I think unfortunately we're just going to have to gear ourselves up for it again because I don't see as um, I, I don't generally don't see what we can do in January that's going to close that gap. Make sure you've got your compass and uh, running shoes looked out for pitch invasion at Meadowbank in the playoff final. <laughs> well, I do. I, uh-huh. do I, feel, I feel 400 meters before you're really done the pitch. I think you should. I think I'd mind you about 50 before I feel flat my own face. I think you have to do a lap before you before you get on the pitch, probably. Uh, cool. Okay. Last time that... I did a pitch invasion was the Alloa playoff. Was the was it the Alloa? Yeah, Alloa Recreation Park. Back in the day, it's Might been be a while. As well, yeah. It's oh, just oh, been a while. That was just to see Archibald's guys. Oh no, no, sorry. Um, yeah, no, it was after that, wasn't it? It was early. Adrian it was after that. Everybody was in the yeah, pitch. We, we, we yeah. won the league there. Yeah. 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 My first yeah. one was when we went up to the Premier League at Starts Park at Kirkcaldy. That was my first pitch invasion. It would have been my first too, yeah. yeah. Happy been a, days. There's been a, a, few, been a few since, it'd be nice to do it again. I don't know if I've done a pitch, a pitch invasion on AstroTurf yet. That's maybe one that I need to, to tick off. Uh, just get to do them now in case I get lifted. No, I think I haven't. We'll be on at Medibank, so you'll be fine. Sean, you can lead the charge, okay? So if, they, if they lift anybody, it's you first, okay? Yeah, me and Bright will be, we'll be there <laughs> uh, with the champagne. <laughs> Well, he's only 17 so maybe not but yeah he's dad that's, uh, that's our pal uh, right cool excellent thank you very much guys and I'll see you at a game soon yeah no bother see you later take care bye no more sorrow but that's the chance